Recorded live from the WayoFM.org studios in the fabulous Fetter Building in Rochester, New York. Welcome to Transformation Thursday. I'm Penny Sterling, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are also she, her. In this podcast, we take an objective look at dramatic change. And as two transgender women, we know a thing or three about that. This week, we're continuing our look at raising transgender children. And our guest is one bad mother herself, maximum fun podcaster and author, Teresa. Thorn. Teresa is the mother of a transgender child herself, and her experience prompted her to write a wonderful children's book about transgender. This should be a maximum interesting conversation, and we'll get to it right after the traditional music swell and fade out. Let's talk about change, Amy. Okay, let me see. It looks like I've got three quarters, a nickel, a Canadian loony, and a few British tenors from when I was in London, because I'm an international comedian. No, not that change. Change is in transformation. The topic of Transformation Thursday. Oh, yeah, that. Well, we're doing this podcast to highlight how much things change and how quickly they do it in society today. Everything changes, and change isn't good or bad. It just is. The more we realize that change is just the natural progression of things, the better off we'll be. Now, let's talk about change. Didn't we just do that? No, no, not the last one. The first one. The coins. Money. About how people can give us some of theirs so that we can continue talking about ours. Are you just trying to get people to go to our Patreon page to support this podcast so that we can continue our exploration of what it means to live in a rapidly changing world? Because although this is a labor of love, we do have expenses, and by going to TransformationThursday.com, they can help ensure that we can continue to be bringing this fun and insightful commentary on the world today, plus get exclusive patrons-only content. Um, if I say yes, can we get on to our next segment? Oh, God, I hope so. Okay, then. TransformationThursday.com. Also, can you break a 20 for me? Sure. I can get that to you in euros. Okay, now you're just showing off. Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. I'm Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are always she, her. And I'm Penny Sterling, and my pronouns are always she, her as well. Our guest this week joins us from Los Angeles, California. Teresa Thorne is the co-host of the weekly comedy podcast, One Bad Mother, which she co-created with host Biz Ellis in 2013. Teresa and Biz co-authored the parenting humor book, You're Doing a Great Job, 100 Ways You're Winning at Parenting. Parenting. Teresa is most recently the author of the children's book, It Feels Good to Be Yourself, a book about gender identity, which received starred reviews in Kirkus Booklist, Publishers Weekly, and School Library Journal. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Jesse, and their three children. Teresa, thank you for coming on to Transformation Thursday. So no tell us, give us a real quick background on, uh, on, on Gracie's uh, transition. When did you find out that you had a transgender daughter? Yeah, um, well, I think it it took a little bit of time, um, <laughs> but it started probably around the time that she was three and four that she first started showing signs that she was gender expansive or just um, was not, you know, a typical boy. Um, she started wanting to wear barrettes in her hair and grow her hair really long. Um, her favorite colors were pink and purple, um, and 
we were all good with that in our house. Um, to us, it didn't indicate that she might be different or trans or anything. We just thought um, kids should uh, be, you know, be able to express themselves however they want. Um, and so that was all good. Um, but as she approached um, four and five, um, she started saying things more like, um, I want people to think I'm a girl um, and uh, other things kind of like that to the point where um, she was really trying to understand the concept of why it is that we think of girls as having certain body parts and boys as thinking boys as having other body parts. And, um, you know, I explained, well, you know, not, not all girls have vaginas. Some girls have penises. And that's when she said very clearly, well, I'm a girl with a penis. <laughs> well, it's great that she knew that that early. Did you and uh, Jesse, before you had children, talk about uh, having a, uh, the, the possibility of, of having a gay child, if your child revealed to you that they were gay or transgender? Did that, uh, did that something that you mentioned or talked to each other about before, uh, before you had kids? Um, not explicitly that I can remember, uh, but I think that may have more to do with the fact that Jesse and I both grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. We met in high school at San Francisco School for the Arts, uh, um, and we were surrounded by gay people for our whole lives. And so we did not, and we also had friends who were trans, and so I don't think it would have been really, really odd if one of us would have thought that we would be, we would not be accepting or welcoming or happy about finding out that we had an LGBTQ plus child. Um, that being said, I think as cisgender heterosexual people, it, we didn't really think that we would. Right. <laughs> um, you know, we just, that just was our implicit bias of, of who we are and who our kids would be, that our kids would be like us. Right. Now she's, um, she's the oldest, right? Yes. She's so, the oldest of three. And so they, then she was five. So, uh, her, her little brothers are pretty much okay with this. They really don't know anything else. Well, so, um, her, the youngest, he was, I was pregnant with him when, um, when Gracie socially began her social transition. So he has always known her as a sister and as a girl. Um, and um, our middle child, he is two years younger than Gracie. And there was a little bit of an adjustment for him. And there was, um, you know, he was three. So it was confusing because as a three-year-old, you're trying to make sense of the world. And he, there, I remember a brief period of time where he was frustrated that we kept correcting him um, when he would use our daughter's birth name or use, you know, incorrect pronouns. Um, there were a few days where he really fought us back and was like, no, I, I know my own sibling and I know who my sibling is. Uh, <laughs> but then after we, after we talked it through some more and we were patient, um, he, he got on board and he's, yeah, I mean, this is his reality for sure. 
And I can imagine for a three-year-old that that's just something, no, I know who it is. And I, I remember my kids being very stubborn at that age. So I can imagine there was a lot of that. But at the same time, when they're young, they do come around. So the siblings were good. But what about family and friends? You know, any pushback outside of the home, but still, you know, those close friends and family that you have? Um, so I would say overall, we're, we're very lucky. Like I said, my husband and I are both from the San Francisco Bay Area. We were both raised in very progressive households and our extended family have been extremely welcoming and happy and wonderful about Gracie. All of her grandparents are affirming um, and were immediately. Um, everybody had some education to do for the most part, um, but they were willing to do that and they were happy to do that. So in that sense, we've been just so fortunate. Um, I would say within our community, um, again, we're in a very sort of like liberal progressive area of Los Angeles. And so for the most part, our community was cool about it. Um, I would definitely say though that, you know, she was in kindergarten at our local public school when she was transitioning. And I think for the most part, everybody was, was great about it. Um, but there were some parents who were just confused. I mean, they really just didn't understand why this would be happening. Uh, and I had a few parents say things to me like, well, I think they're a little young for this, um, which I just, you know, attribute to ignorance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so yes, I would say for the most part, we've, we've been really part of a really great community as we've been going through this journey. And you mentioned her, uh, her teacher, her kindergarten teacher, uh, was almost relieved when, uh, you said this is who she is. And because she'd had other parents who were having issues with the, their, their gender, uh, diverse children about making sure they, I'm going to let you tell the story because it's it's actually your story to tell. Uh, what was the reaction of the kindergarten teacher? Let's just leave it with that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that was really interesting. Um, of course, I was. My husband and I were both a little nervous going in to speak with the teacher um, about this, and she was she you know she was immediately supportive. Um, she was limited in what she was able or willing to do as far as educating the class, but as far as um, affirming Gracie, um, explaining to the class what Gracie's name is now and explaining about the pronouns and all of that, she was she was great and ready for that. And she did share with us that she was grateful that we were doing this with Gracie. Um, she said that in the past she had had at least one student where she had seen, she had observed that the child was gender expansive or maybe trans and the parents were not, not affirming. And the, and the parents went so far as to ask this teacher to stop their child from playing with kids of a certain gender because oh they gosh. did not want their child to be engaging in that. Um, and that I think was really, truly heartbreaking for this teacher. Um, and I, I don't think she, I think she told us, you know, I just said, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is just who this kid is. Um, but it was interesting. That wasn't 
really what our expectation was going into that meeting was that we would hear a story like that. Yeah, it's very interesting, the the preconceived notions that so many people have that, okay, because this is a girl, she's going to do girly things. Uh, your Gracie is a girl, but she does she still like to play with trucks? Um, I mean, she's eight, so she's kind of over trucks, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I would say that she is very, um, she is very non-conforming in her choice, in her interests and her um, expression. She really has her own style. She likes, um, she's sort of just gotten into dolls recently, but before that she wasn't. Um, she has a lot of friends who are boys. She loves playing Minecraft. Um, she has, she has a lot of varied interests and I wouldn't say that we were ever like tipped off by her interests, uh, one way or another about her gender. Yeah. And with childhood transition, such in the news lately, you know, with everything going on in Texas and all these bills popping up in traditionally red states, um, you know, and I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there in the world about transition, but not only I think from cis people, but I also think from older cis and I even know an older trans lady that had some issues. I, my girlfriend has a transgender son who recently had um, top surgery. And one of my transgender friends is like, well, isn't he kind of young for that? And so, you know, when, you, when you're walking through these things and talking about transition of a child, how do you explain this to people when they do say something like, you know, they're too young for this, they're going to have psychological issues, all those medical concerns. How do you talk to people about this so that way they get it and understand it? Oh, it's so hard. I mean, I think we just have, we have so much educating to do as a culture. I mean, it really it goes back to square one really and just how we think about gender and how so many of us were taught from a young age incorrectly about what gender is um so when i when i talk with people i mean for one thing there's like a couple things that when i can tell i'm talking with somebody who just has never thought about this stuff before i start with saying you know there's more than two genders. Um, so that's news to a lot of people. <laughs> yes, it is. And then, and then I say, you know, our contrary to what we, so many of us were taught as kids, our bodies do not define our gender. So when, when people start to understand both of those concepts, I think a lot of things start to fall into place. Yeah. Um, it really, when that is, when that becomes our thinking, everything else sort of makes more sense. Um, I think a lot of the problems we have around, um, these issues stem from people just not knowing people just thinking there are only two genders and there's only two types of bodies, which is also false and that, you know, our bodies define our gender. So I, I think I try to focus on those things because I think they're really straightforward and they're very fundamental. Um, as far as people saying that the kids are too young, I mean, that's such a, it's really such a hard one, but I think, I think one of the things that people are confused about when they say that is a lot of times people don't understand that gender identity and sexuality are different. Um, so I usually say like, oh, I think maybe you're thinking about sexuality or sexual orientation, you know, gender really, you know, it 
can be related to that, but it's not the same thing. So my child who has a gender is not sexual because she's a child. <laughs> she's just a child. This has nothing to do with who she's attracted to. Um, she's a child, but th this is her gender identity. So I think that's another big one for people once they understand that. Yeah. Um, that sort of helps them. Yeah. Um, and then as far as transition, I mean, yeah, it, it's so individual and the social part, another misconception is that, of course, that we are, tra we are transitioning young kids um, without their consent. And so, you know, there's this idea that drugs and surgeries are happening at young ages, which is just not true. Um, so I think helping people understand what social transition is for young kids is really hugely eye-opening and helpful towards coming to understanding for people who don't know. Um, and then, you know, as far as when people decide to do hormone blockers and, and decide to go forward with other interventions, yeah, I mean, I just, you, you know, you just want to have like a team of supportive people who know your kid, I think, you know, and, and that, that exists. So I think people, I think people tread so carefully here that it's always surprising to me when I hear of somebody second guessing a, a choice about transition. Like, the idea that anybody would be rushing their kid through a through a gender transition is just so strange and foreign to me. I just don't think it actually happens. It's not a choice. That's the thing that I keep going. I was eight years old when I recognized that I was transgender. It wasn't because I was growing, it was 1967 and I was in this conservative little town in the middle of nowhere and there was nobody in the world like me, yet I knew. And the only reason I was eight was because I was too stupid to recognize the signs before that. But in, in, heter in retrospect, it, it's, you know, it, it, it fucked me up, quite frankly, uh, to, to sure. try and try and do that. That's why I, I do a show called Spy in the House of Men, because I tried to live my life the way I thought I would watch what other people did, what other men did, what other boys did, and I tried to imitate that, and it just didn't work. And so I'm, I'm glad I did it. I'm really glad that there are parents out there uh, like, like you and Jesse who are advocates for for this and there are it's really sad when there are those who are not and who sometimes politicize their children and if this sounds like a segue it is amy guess what i'm talking about luna younger oh yeah luna younger so uh what what is your take about how much damage is is being done in texas right now not just to transgender children in general but to this one little girl who's being made a political football I mean, it's hard to even, it's hard to even read that story for me as a parent, because obviously I'm imagining my own child. Um, I, I just think, and, you know, I think that the, there's two things going on. One is the fact that this child, this little girl has a parent who is not accepting her for who she is. And that is damaging and we know that that's damaging because of science. So we, and we know that, you know, kids who are affirmed are, they have better mental health outcomes. They're, they're, they're 
they're happier, they're more well-adjusted, they are, in, you know, there's studies that show that they develop this, the same way as other kids. Um, so we know that affirming a child's, you know, expressed gender identity is so important. So the, the fact that this child has two parents, and this is a thing that I hear about a lot in the, in the like parent support groups that I'm in online and stuff like that is two parents and one is affirming and one is not and just the conflict there. Um, and it's, it's great that the kid has one affirming parent. That's awesome. Some kids don't even have that. But um, the added layer here of the publicity of this is really, really tough. Um, I know that for Jesse and I, we've, we've had a really hard time figuring out how to tread these waters um, just for our family because we both are podcasters and we both talk about our lives and our family um, on our shows. And we were doing that using our kids' names for the longest time. Um, and then suddenly we had a trans child <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, no, no trans kid should be outed against their will. And yet we felt like we couldn't not talk about her transition because that was what was really happening. Um, so anyway, I think that we've had, you know, we've, we've really struggled with how to, and to what extent to be public about our family and our family's journey, um, just out of care and respect for our kid and, you know, her future and the fact that she didn't have any say and whether we would talk about her. Yeah, well, you guys um, are both podcasters, so you would, and yours, you're, you're one bad mother, you talk about your family. That's kind of like the basis of your podcast. And so it, it had to be interesting and, a, and a, a, a frustrating dilemma to kind of uh, reveal this. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think we basically, we, we sat on it for a couple months and just talked about it between are, you know, just at home, like, how, how are we going to handle this and what's appropriate and what's the best thing to do here? And we, we, you know, we finally decided that it made no sense to pretend it wasn't happening. That would be weird. Uh, that would be a complete betrayal. Um, and sort of the betrayal of talking about Grace as the, or as her sex assigned at birth that happened before that, that betrayal had already been done. We didn't, we couldn't go back and fix that. Um, so we just decided that the best thing to do was to go forward and be um, honest about what was going on and to share the parts of her story that felt safe and appropriate to share. And, um, and then just to continue living our lives as a normal family. Um, so, so that's what we've done. But in looking at, you know, what's going on with Luna, um, I mean, the, the, stuff on Twitter, the referring to her by her birth name and, uh, you know, the hashtag of her birth. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so disturbing and upsetting um, that it, it's appalling that this is coming from people who say that they care about kids. Yeah, I, I agree entirely. 
Tracy still with us? Nope, no, yes. she dropped out, but she's back. Cool. So, yeah, so no, that's a, that's a crazy thing. And recently there have been articles and news stories about how, you know, these, there's this conversation in politics, politics today about wedge issues. And I think this is going to be one of those wedge issues along with that, with as well as transgender kids in sports. But, you know, we have some time constraints here, so let's not get into that issue. But, you know, you, you guys are out there on social media. How much blowback have you personally received? So I, I, I don't want to jinx myself, but I, I've been, I've been totally fine. I don't know if those Twitter filters just work really well for me or something, but you know, I know people, I know my book is on a list and I, or probably more than one list. And I know I've heard of people, you know, hiding my book in libraries and knocking it off shelves and stuff. Um, but as far as like direct, um, receiving like direct threats or anything I haven't Jesse has many more followers on Twitter and is much more active on Twitter um, and he has been called a child abuser on there countless times um, and and other horrible things um, so it's it's out there it's happening it's not it's not w what we choose to focus on in our lives um, and we just choose to focus on our kid and our family and our kid is doing amazing and she's happy and we have we're surrounded by a loving extended family and great professionals caring for our family and that's where we're focusing our attention and our energy. Yeah, that's the important thing. You got to focus on the good things in life because if you let those little Twitter flies bug you all the time, that would be, you know, that would be problematic and that would be a horrible place to be full time as a family. So, you know, you mentioned in our Twitter, we did an interview last week with somebody by the name of Liam Hackett from ditchthelabel.org over in the UK. And he did a three year study on transgender and online transphobia. And one of the things he walked away from is saying is how good Twitter is getting at filtering out that hate. So, maybe let's continue to knock on wood and cross our fingers for you on Twitter. <laughs> that, that continues to be good luck for you. But, you know, you mentioned your book and, you know, locally here in our library, you know, it's only come out recently, but it's been checked out 48 times the day I went in to get it. I was lucky to snag it off the shelf um, before it got, re, you know, rechecked out in front of me. So, I mean, it's very popular here and it's a very timely topic. I have a fifth grader and when I came out to her earlier this year as transgender, lo and behold, she comes home the next day and says, you know, there's like three kids in my grade that are, you know, non-binary or transgender. So, you know, what from from people that are in the know or just from people that are learning, what has been the response to your book? Oh, it's so great to hear. Yeah, I mean, it's been amazing. It's been truly, it's been truly wonderful. Um, the book was so needed. Um, and that is, that is the thing that means the most to me about it. I think that's why it's getting checked out so much. And that's why it's making the rounds because there have been a lot of great children's books, but I think a lot of people are still trying to understand how to have conversations about gender with their young kids. And this book just really facilitates that. Um, so if you're wanting to have a conversation with your family about gender identity, the book just helps you do that basically. Um, and I think it's been helpful for kids and parents and the illustrator, Noah Greeny, um, just brought so much to this book so the the illustrations are just beautiful to look at and that means like 
two-year-olds love this book, three-year-olds love, I mean, little kids who you would think, oh, they're not gonna be able to follow, they're not gonna be able to understand. They do, they love looking at these kids and these families. Um, the pictures are just stunning. So I'm really happy with the way the book came out. And I just, you know, the book came out in June of this year. And so it's now end of November. And I just continue to hear from people on a weekly basis about how much this book means to them and how they've discovered the book or they shared the book with somebody who needed it. Um, and I just, I hope it continues to just find its way around and make life safer and more inclusive for all kids. Me too. And Amy promised to read it to me at bedtime tonight. <laughs> good. That's good. Yeah, perfect so, for that. You know, I'll, I'll just look at the pictures. Teresa Thorne, thank you so much for spending some time with us. I, I, we know you're busy. We're going to let you go. But it's been great chatting with you. And I hope that uh, our paths cross again in the future sometime. Good luck. Well, Amy and Penny, thank you so much for having me on. And thank you for everything that you're doing. This was really nice speaking with you both. Well, likewise. Thank you so much. And we'll be back again in just a few minutes. This is Transformation Thursday. If you'd like to support Transformation Thursday, you can do so in the following ways. On Facebook, like the Transformation Thursday podcast. To support us financially, you can do so by going to our Patreon page by typing www.transformationthursday.com into your browser of choice. On Spotify, Google Podcasts, and or Apple Podcasts, please subscribe to Transformation Thursday. And on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating and write us a short review. It's free, and it really helps to get Transformation Thursday out to a broader audience. Finally, Transformation Thursday is copyrighted material, all rights reserved, 2019. Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. I am Amy Stevens and my pronouns are she, her. You know, Penny, that interview we just had with Teresa Thorne was fantastic. And so, you know, as we kind of wrap up this, no, not kind of wrap up, as we wrap up this segment or this, well, actually episode, right? <laughs> uh, what are your takeaways from this? I mean, I'm just, once again, I'm gobsmacked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, my, my, my first takeaway is that you can speak three sentences at one time and it's amazing. But as far as the interview... Uh, my my, ta my takeaway is how important it is to have affirming parents for transgender children. I mean, you look at Gracie Thorne and then you look at Looney Younger and what is happening to them. I, I'm so grateful for affirming parents like like um, like the Thorns and others out there who recognize that this isn't a choice for their children. Uh, this isn't anything sexual for their children. This is just their children trying to be the best human beings that they're supposed to be. Well, yeah, and I think your point leads into my takeaway is, is that when a transgender child has that affirmation in their life, and I have seen this, you know, at younger ages and then for older children, especially, you know, the teenage transgender or gender expansive kids that I know those mental health issues go away. And so when you see that, and now we're starting to see documentation of that when there are affirming parents, friends, teachers in the mix of these transgender children, the mental health outcomes are almost on par with their cisgender counterparts. Yeah, that, that truly is amazing. And you know what else is amazing? How many wonderful long distance conversations we've, we're having on Transformation Thursday. Like we've done, we had Brie Fram, 
that was that that was a fantastic interview. Yeah. Then we then we also had Liam. Uh, Liam Hackett. Oh, guess what about Liam though? What about Liam? I think I might be having a pint with him in in Brighton in a couple weeks from now. Oh, there. a pint. Well, I'm gobsmacked about the pint. <laughs> Bob's your uncle and all that. Yeah. yeah and then coming up, we got another one coming up too. The Latter Day Lesbians. Yeah. No, and that one's in the can pretty much. It needs to be edited. But yeah, so we have a lot of. We're, you know, we're getting the word out there about our podcast and because of all of your wonderful support and people are starting to hear about us. So we're starting to get some really great guests on. Yeah. So I think that's going to be it for this. Particular oh, oh, I got what, one, what, 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 what? Not that our early guests were I just bad. Want, I want you to read the story to me. You promised. Oh, well, yeah, but we're going to have to do that via FaceTime. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So all of our guests have been great. So yes, because our, because our first one was me. me. And the second one was me. So, um, yeah, we love all of our guests um, and we love everything that, that, that they've brought to the show. It's yeah. been a great, great, what is this, 19 weeks now that we've been doing this? Uh, we're coming up on episode 20, actually, with this one. So that would be, yeah. No, so. 21. This is going to be 21 because Glenn will be 20. That's right. This will be 21. And then the Latter-day Lesbians will be 22. We're old enough. Our, our, our podcast is old enough to drink, Amy. Oh, my what? gosh. And buy, the... and buy cigarettes in New York. <laughs> Where does the time go? Well, this time our time is up for this one. So thank you very much. Uh, support us on Patreon. Patreon uh, uh, subscribe to our podcast. Give us five stars reviews and uh, that's about it have a great holiday season good night amy good night penny